Won't you join me as we pray? Let's pray. Father, this morning as we gather to remember the resurrection of your son, that Jesus is alive, that message of hope. And realizing that a room this size, and again, we are all over the map this morning. Some of us are feeling the celebration of that fact, and others of us are not. And really, any and every point in between. And so as we, over these next couple of minutes, look to your word, Father God, allow us to see your truth, your truth to us, that truth of hope. We pray these things in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. So this morning is all about hope. It's about a hope delivered, a hope that is ours because of the resurrection. The simplest definition that I can bring to you, the the most basic definition of hope that I have is simply this, that hope is knowing that everything is going to be okay. That no matter what is happening in your life, no, no, what, no matter what is happening that makes you think otherwise, as scary as whatever that is might be, hope is knowing that everything is going to be okay. This morning we started with, with a drama, and if you've been here for the, the other episodes in this, in this hope drama series Over these past couple of Sundays, you'll know that we have tried to bring you the bigger arc of the storyline surrounding hope by giving you snapshots out of the Bible of times when when hope was not able to be seen, when hope was not able to be understood, when, when hope seemed far away. Even when there was a realization that that Jesus maybe could be the hope that humanity so desperately needed to then have that hope so suddenly and violently snatched away as Jesus was betrayed and tried and mocked and tortured and crucified and laid in the ground. When all hope seemed lost, then came Sunday morning, that Sunday morning that we read about a few moments ago coming out of Matthew 28. If we go back to to one of those verses that we saw there, it says, the women ran quickly from the tomb. They were very frightened, but also filled with great joy, and they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. So as one of those women go to tell the disciples, that's how that drama that we saw this morning started, there's fear But there's also a growing sense of joy. And I think that that joy ties back to hope. Again, the knowing that everything is going to be okay. The hope that was lost when Jesus died, that comes rushing back in spades as those followers of Christ begin to connect the dots as to to what that empty grave actually means. And not only does hope come back on the table for the followers of Jesus, because he is alive, but, but now that hope is supersized. Here's what I mean by that. For, for the followers of Jesus, before Christ's death, they had this hope that, that Jesus could bring about a fullness that they had never known before. And yes, with an empty grave, that fullness is back on the table, but now that Jesus is, is back from the dead, that death cannot keep Jesus down, that hope in Christ extends beyond the handful of years that a person gets in this lifetime. 
That hope now extends into forever. That hope now extends beyond the grave. Here's how Paul says it in 1 Corinthians 15. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. And here's what Paul means by that. If, if, our, if our hope is only for the here and now, if our hope does not extend past the grave, if our, if our hope is, hang, is, is anchored to a Christ who is simply a good teacher or simply an awesome role model or someone who, who gave lots of good advice and, and some, some, some really awesome life hacks to be applied to, to this life only, if hope in Christ only extends to the here and now, Paul is saying that those who are following Jesus are to be absolutely pitied. And the reason Paul says this is because that he knows that you and I, we need more than a good teacher. You and I, we need, we need more than an awesome role model. You and I, we need more than a, than a few life hacks to help us through this life. Paul knows that because of our deep depravity, because of, of the deep sinfulness in our hearts, because of, of our sin-stained hearts, Paul knows that you and I need a Savior, and it is the resurrection of Jesus like no other event in history. It is that empty grave that, that proclaims that Jesus is the Savior and has defeated death, has defeated sin. Paul writes this, again in 1 Corinthians 15. I passed on to you what was most important and what had also been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins just as the scripture said. He was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day just as the scripture said. He was seen by Peter and then by the twelve. After that he was seen by more than 500 of, of his followers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. Then he was seen by James and later by all the apostles. Paul goes on to say that he himself, he's witnessed this risen Jesus. Paul is giving us the weight of, of the evidence that Jesus is actually physically back from the dead. Paul is saying to his original readers, listen, there are 500 people out there. Most of them are still alive. You don't have to take my word for it. Go find them and ask them what they know. Then Paul goes on to tell us what hangs in the balance if Jesus is not alive. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless and you are still guilty of your sins. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. Paul is saying that if Jesus is not alive, what you believe if you are a follower of Christ, it's useless. If Jesus is not alive, if you are a follower of Christ, you still bear the full weight, the full guilt of your sins. If Jesus is not alive, anyone who claimed faith in Christ and has passed away, they are forever lost. If Jesus is not alive, following Christ is for fools. Paul saying that for a Christian, absolutely everything hangs on the resurrection. Paul gives us verse 20, but in fact, in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. Jesus is alive, and check this out. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died, which means that Jesus, because he defeated death, 
and sin and all its corruption, because he defeated the grave, that Jesus is the first of many. And that many is you and I. If you are trusting in Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, that you and I will also be raised from the dead. And so if, if not even death can keep Jesus down, if not even death can, will keep you down, if you are trusting in Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, knowing that not even death will keep you down, that is the definition of hope. That is the definition of knowing that everything is going to be okay. Maybe you are here this morning and you are following Christ the best that you know how. And honestly, there are pockets in your life where hope feels far away. For, for you to know that, that, that the Christ who overcame the grave, that it's this same death-defeating Jesus who says to you, I will be with you always, no matter what life throws at you. To know that, that God's love realized for you through Jesus could not even be stopped by death. It's a reason to hope even in life's most difficult moments. Maybe you are here this morning and you are outside a relationship with Christ. If that's you this morning, you need to know that, that, that if you die, there's not a person in here that knows when they will draw their last breath, but if you die and you have not trusted in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins, you will enter into a Christless eternity of judgment because you, you would not look to Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. To step into forever without Jesus is quite literally the definition of hopelessness. Because in eternity, there are no do-overs, there are no second chances. You only get so many days in this lifetime to choose true hope. That for your sin, God offers forgiveness. That, that for your guilt, God offers mercy. That for your shame, God offers grace. That for your brokenness, God offers freedom. If you don't know that kind of hope this morning, I have to ask you, what are you waiting for? That hope can be yours this morning. This week, as I was trying to figure out how to, how to end our conversation, I had this blog post hit my inbox, and it so beautifully talks about the hope that we've been mentioning this morning. So I'm going to end my time by reading this to you. The author is a guy named John Ritchie. He writes, The sacrifice of Good Friday, loss and defeat, happened with the burial of Jesus. Hope was vanquished. Fear was overpowering. When we see evil destroy good and even win for a time, it's profoundly discouraging. Kids wander, marriages dissolve, businesses fail, friendships end, bodies are destroyed. There's a deep reality in our lives around the apparent victory of evil. Everyone experiences it sooner or later. We lose hope. Faith seems weak. Discouragement and fear overwhelm. The facts of life are cold and hard, and they sometimes seem like the truest things of all. The author then quotes the verses that we've been looking at this morning. He goes on. 
If Jesus is not raised from the dead, then faith is empty and irrelevant. We are lost in our sins. We will never see our loved ones again. When we die, we are just gone. Death has the final word. We are delusional creatures to be pitied. There is nothing wrong with considering the awfulness of the reality of Jesus is not raised from the dead. In fact, it's commendable. It's a bit what the disciples felt as they experienced the loss and the fear of his death without any hope of the resurrection. Experiencing the depth of hopelessness gets us ready for what happened next. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. In fact. There's one historical reality that stands above all of history. It's a historical event that shows God's mastery over all things. God acted decisively and he changed everything. This is the power of the gospel on display as Jesus was transformed and raised from death to life, just as we will one day be too. Christ has been raised from the dead. This one fact stands above all loss, betrayal, sin, shame, guilt, and death. Christ has been raised from the dead. Instead of being pitiful, we are more than conquerors. Instead of being futile and vain, our faith is the most important thing in this world and the next. Instead of being unrighteous, we are redeemed and welcomed into the family of God through the death and the resurrection of Jesus. Instead of being dead in the tomb, Jesus is at the right hand of God. Instead of perishing forever, we will be raised again to eternal life and in the flesh we will see God. Instead of Jesus being defeated, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. His is the name above every other name. He is the King of kings and his kingdom is eternal. Instead of the final word, death has lost its sting. Sin has lost its power. This is the hope that Jesus offers. This fact changes everything. Jesus Christ is risen. He is risen indeed.